Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Doug's going to begin the festivities, but one of our dear friends, Steve Rapaski, will be here in just about 10 minutes. And word has it uh, that over the river and through the woods, and thanks to a sleigh provided by the Perrysville Volunteer Fire Company, Station 248, the gardening Santa is going to be at Hans Nursery today, 1 to 4. All sorts of exciting things to get to, but we always like begin Beginning the show by giving you an opportunity to win a gift certificate from Sorgles if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020. So we begin with the gardening Santa. Is that not correct, Doug? Good morning. That is right. How are you today, Rob? I have one question for you before I get going. Mm -hmm. Do you still have the same coffee order? The same what again? The, The same coffee order. Do you drink the same coffee that you've been drinking when I used to make it for you there in the studio? It has never been as good, I might add. But, yes, I am drinking the same coffee. Yeah, I switched to, like, a sweet cappuccino thing that my wife has here, and I'm hooked. Well, one thing (laughs) Doug Doug is famous for, and maybe it's the reason why he gets along so well with the gardening Santa, I've never met anyone who loves hot chocolate, no matter what time of day, (laughs) night, or whatever the season is. He loves hot chocolate. So if you ever have Doug over, please make sure you have plenty of hot chocolate, even if he's in his Bermuda shorts and it's 4th of July. (laughs) Lots to talk about today. Right. Let's start off, I guess, with the gardening Santa. This is your last chance to see the gardening Santa, who will be at Han Nursery today from 1 to 4 p.m. It's outdoors with plenty of social distancing, uh, and it's absolutely free. You can get a great picture with Santa in his sleigh. And, again, you know, uh, Rob mentioned them, but a big thanks to the Perrysville Volunteer Fire Company, Station 248, for loaning us this really cool-looking sleigh. Uh, get Santa up above, and you get a nice picture with Santa in the background. And at Han, they have it all decorated beautifully. In fact, uh, Santa brought uh, a box of books to give away, garden books to give away, and as soon as my friend Lori saw me just throw this ugly box down in front of the sleigh. Uh, In two seconds, somebody had brought over some really nice containers to put the books in so that the picture looked nice. Uh, Yeah, it's fun because the whole family can get a picture. We'll take the pictures uh, with your phone. Um, Pets, of course, you know, pets have become a big deal. I love to have the pets. And Santa's got lots of gifts for gardeners, uh, bringing those 39, 45 tomato seeds. Those are the seeds found on a battlefield during World War II and grown here in Pittsburgh for 70 years. And uh, it's one of those projects where I ask gardeners, yeah, you grow it out and please send it some back at the end of the season. That keeps it going. And I've got 
lots of envelopes that came back at the end of the summer here filled with uh, tomato seeds. Uh, there's uh, Santa will give away garlic. There's still time for planting, but if you don't want to plant it, you could eat it. And that's while supplies last. Uh, Santa gave away a lot of garlic last week, so uh, uh, Santa will have as much as, as as is left. So if you want some garlic, come early, 1 to 4 today at uh, Han Nursery. More gardening books to give away. It's it's just so much fun, and uh, I've been posting on social media uh, pictures of Santa there and just the, the pets and the kids. And, you know, I've, uh, Santa's had kids coming for all these years. Uh, I was surprised. I got a nice text the other day from somebody whose kids are in college, <laughs> and he sent me a picture. Remember this when my kids were little? So. Uh, come today, Han Nursery, 1 to 4. You get a lot of fr- garden freebies, but also get to see Santa. And, yeah, Steve Rapaski is going to be our guest right after the first break. And let me take a long trip to tell you how how Steve's going to or why Steve's going to be on the show. So I'm working on a project with Farm to Table of Western Pennsylvania, and it is an awesome project. It's their project. I'm just a helper. And we are delivering herbs to every resident of these Allegheny Housing Authority senior high-rises all through Allegheny County, and uh, it has been fun. The herbs came from Bidwell Training Center, uh, Drew Matheson Greenhouse, and they are beautiful, basil and cilantro and dill. You know, it's so funny because (laughs) the basil is easy to get rid of, (laughs) Uh, but people look at me, scratch their head when they hear dill and cilantro, but I had a few uh, dill lovers uh, last week. But anyway, one of the high-rises, actually the first high-rise that I was delivering to, I drove right by Steve's house. And Steve uh, had some honey for me. Uh, and so when I was done delivering all those herbs, and you can see all those pictures uh, on my Facebook page, uh, it again, you know, giving away something that people can use uh, it'll grow on their windowsill and and have nice fresh herbs is is so much fun. So on my way back, I stopped by Steve's. He gives me four jars of honey uh, as a Christmas present, and I posted it online. Just just put the the jars up there and said, "Hey, I got these from Steve." Uh, it's so exciting to have real honey again. And I it was I was overwhelmed on Facebook at the reactions. I had hundreds of reactions and then over eighty comments about the importance of real honey and how people were using it and, and I was again I was overwhelmed. So I I asked Steve to come on at seven fifteen here and talk about because not everything you're getting in the store is real honey. And I want to talk a little bit about the bees too. So we're gonna have fun there at uh seven fifteen. And the start to this winter is so slow. Uh, I just posted a picture uh, before uh, before we uh, we did the show here this morning of uh, a, a green called corn salad or mache or mash. I don't know how you say it, but it's this green that loves cold weather, and it's just going nuts right now. And anything that I planted, you know, in September, October, it's just going crazy. And with all that rain yesterday, you know, all those plants that I have growing out there, the lettuce, the kale, the spinach, the this corn mache, Swiss chard, uh, onions, they're under some protective plastic, different things I use. And with that rain I just and warm temperatures, I just took all that, opened them uh, up the lids or rolled them off or pulled them off and let the, that rain soak in. And, boy, everything is just, you know, going nuts. When you 
love to extend the season like I do. You 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 look like a genius this time of the year when when winter doesn't come as quick as it usually does. Because you know, when it gets super cold real quick, a lot of that stuff it, it's not going to make it, you know, or it's just going to limp along, but right now it's just going absolutely nuts. Now, I I can't believe I'm still planting. Uh, you know, we can still plant bulbs and this if you look at the weather for this week, winter is not coming yet. And so if you have bulbs or if you want to plant bulbs, if you want to plant this uh, garlic, uh, even if you want to sneak a tree and there's still time to put something in just because it's starting so slow, uh, I've got a little video at uh, dougoster.com, one minute long. It just shows how I do the bulb planting. But I added a couple new features onto the website. Well, I didn't do it, but <laughs> my team did. <laughs> I've got a team. Yeah, it's me and one person. Uh you can now, when you send a question in to me through the website at dougoster.com, you can attach a picture now. Uh, and so it used to be that you'd send it in, say, I can't attach a picture. I'd send an email back, then you'd send the picture. So now you can send a picture to me with your gardening question. And I answer all my garden questions. That's what I do. Uh, but also I've added a, 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 a little button there. If you would like a garden consult, I will come to your garden and uh, help you plan. Uh, that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. I've I'm doing a little bit of that uh, here and there, you know, uh, for people, but take a look at that. And that's, this is the last chance to get a copy of Steel City Garden, the black and gold uh, gardening book, uh, to get it shipped to you before the holiday. Well, I thought last week was the last chance to sign up for my trip to England and Holland, but I still have a couple seats left. I'm not going to go through all that. Uh, you've heard it over and over again. If you want to come with me, just go to DougOster.com. Let's see what else we got going on. I think that's about it. Let's uh, let's take a break, Rob, and then we'll talk to Steve on the other side. All right, sounds good. Uh, listen, we've got much more to come today, including next hour, the Coons Cooking Hour, Joe and Frank Dentici. It's holiday baking and holiday desserts, and then Heffron Tillotson, your money and you, then two full hours of your hometown sports talk show. Big day today. Kenny Pickett finishing third in the Heisman Trophy. Pitt Volleyball uh, headed to the Final Four. The ladies for the first time in school history. We'll have details on those stories and much more in sports and a complete wrap-up of yesterday's activity, including that game heard here on KDK Class 6A Championship. Mount Lebanon and Bobby Palco Blue Devils win their first ever in school history with a win over St. Joseph Prep. Good morning. Yes, he is. And joining us now, Steve Rapaski. Doug, go ahead. Steve Rapaski runs Bee Control and the Meadow Sweet Apiaries. He is a master beekeeper and he promised to take me walleye fishing. That's really the only reason he's on the show. No, just kidding. Uh, we're going to talk all about honey. Steve, you've taught me over the years that not everything in the store is the real deal, right? Good morning, guys. That is correct. Yeah, what you see is not often what you get. And so, how do I know? Because I was I was blown away by uh, the response I got when I posted just those jars of your honey. How do I know if I'm getting the real deal? And and what else is out there that's not real honey? Yeah, that's uh, that's a can of worms you're opening, Doug. Um, and they're not used for walleye fishing. Uh, the, the honey it, it's interesting because the United States actually consumes more honey than we're able to produce as a whole. So we have to import honey, and a lot of the honey that you see on retail shelves uh, comes from large packers, which bring it from multiple countries, whether it's, it's a mix of Canada, Mexico, Argentina, um, 
India, a lot of these just different foreign countries that bring in honey, and what they often will do is blend it to create this uniform color and taste across the board, which is why regardless what store you go to, the honey all looks the same color, it all tastes the same, and it's usually labeled you know, USDA grade A clover honey is kind of what you see. But the the real shame in that is that it comes from, if you read the fine print on the back of the bottle, not the label itself, it tells you about all these different countries it comes from. So what we often recommend is, and the saying that we use in the, the beekeeping industry is, how do you know it's real honey if you don't know your beekeeper? And we mm-hmm. often, let, you know, I, I sell honey at the Swickley Farmer's Market, uh, over the course of the summer, we'll be there this Saturday, actually, for their winter's market. And we always tell our customers, you know, we are the beekeepers. We're we're not bringing honey in. We're producing it ourselves. Uh, we're bottling it ourselves. You know, we maintain the bees themselves. And, and the difference is that you're getting honey straight from the hive when you buy it from your local beekeeper, generally. You know, we're the ones doing the work and, and maintaining those bees. So you have to ask questions. You have to be an educated consumer, just like you do with anything else that you're buying on um, in today's society. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like the real thing. And that's what also people were saying uh, when I posted that, just like, you know, find the real honey, find the good stuff because it's night and day in in its flavor. And it has so many positive benefits. I didn't even, you know, (laughs) I didn't even know all the positive benefits. And and I love honey, but listing all these comments all the different ways people use honey, it's just amazing. It is amazing, and it's so beneficial to your body as a whole. I mean, from the the vitamins and minerals and amino acids and the natural sugars and, and things along those lines. And even like you mentioned, the taste and the color is so different. I mean, my customers even claim, you know mention how they like a certain type from two years that they ago that we got. Well, my bees may not be able to produce that exact flavor again because – Every year, it's so different. So the colors will be changing slightly. The taste will change slightly. Some years in the fall, we get a really dark honey. Some years, it's a little bit lighter. Uh, in the spring, we've uh, this past two years, we've had honey that's almost, I'll call it, we call it water white. It's a, a very clear, think Mountain Dew, but even paler yellow and very clear and very light-bodied and sweet. It's a, a very uh, refreshing type of honey. And you get into the darker honeys, which are more robust and uh, kind of like the red wines of, you know, we call it the red wine of honey. You know, you just get this dark, very aromatic, flavorful type of honey. And it's beneficial no matter what time of year you eat it. You know, a lot of people like it for low, for allergies. Um, and they want to get seasonal-specific honeys, and that's really not even necessary either. Get a honey that you like from a beekeeper that you know and consume it regularly, whether it's in salad dressings, on yogurt, on cereal, eating it raw, putting in tea, coffee, on candy, you know, however you enjoy it. You know, getting a, your honey from a local beekeeper, enjoying it the way you enjoy it is always the best way to go. You're supporting local business and you're helping the beekeeper. You know, we always if people want to know how to help the bees support your local beekeeper and you're going to support your local bees as well yeah you say you're doing all the work but i think the bees are doing all the work you know that's very we true all, <laughs> we only we only have uh about a half a minute left but real quick what's the number one thing gardeners can do to help the bees we all know that the bees are struggling and not just honey bees but pollinators in general 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, we hear the phrase save the bees, and it doesn't mean save the honeybees. Even though they need the help, we need to save our local, our native pollinators as well. And as when we talk about bees in general, whether it's honeybees or natives, the one thing that gardeners can do, and, and even non-gardeners, is plant perennial flowers. Get those flowers out there that are seasonal, that, that you could plant and kind of set it and forget it. They're going to come up, your rubecchias, your mints, things along those lines. Put it in an out-of-spot way of your yard or your garden that you don't necessarily always need to tend to and leave it for the bees. And that even goes to cleaning up your garden. You know, I have a lot of dead stems out in uh, what used to be my garden is now going to be a flower garden. Leave them for the bees because they overwinter in those hollow stems. Clean it up next spring once the, the dandelions pop up, and you're going to help the bees on a number of different levels. All right, Steve, we're out of time. Thanks so much for joining us this morning and lots of great information there. All right, now listen, if you want to get in and talk to Doug, all of our lines are open. Questions right now, just minutes away for everything that you need to know or a question that you need to just get answered right now in real time, call us, 866-391-1020, the Organic Gardener, DougOster.com, Rob Pratt Sunday, Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDK. Rob Taylor, three minutes away with that news at 730. Good morning. Ah, he is. And right now, we're going to give you an opportunity to win an incredible $25 gift certificate to the good folks at Janoski's. If you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020. That's 412-922-1020. If you have a question for Doug, this is the segment that we really get rolling as far as phone calls are concerned. So I highly urge you to call us now at 866-391-1020. Here's Janet. She's got a garlic question calling today, and she is on KDK. Hi, Doug and Rob. Um, I have a question. Um, This is the third year I've planted garlic, and I planted it back in October. And I just noticed this week with the mild weather that it's sprouting. And I wondered how that is going to impact the garlic when it really should, you know, come in next year or if I should. Don't don't worry about that. We've all seen that. Actually, you know what? I I did the same thing. I planted my normal October time, but I kept some back and planted a month later just because this is what's been happening the last several years. Uh, First off, no concern, really. Uh, Okay, good. Glad to hear. (laughs) From talking to a friend of mine who used to run this garlic farm, it can sprout two times. You know, it could sprout, then freeze solid, and then could warm up again and sprout again twice, and no negative effect to the bulb itself. And okay. so, uh, but if it happens that third time, which we're too late in the season, I think, for that to happen. Okay. Uh, and I, I did bulb- plant some in November, so I have some later, too, that hasn't sprouted. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And, 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 I just finished planting my garlic maybe two weeks ago, you know, and I, I threw some in, some, in a container. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying all sorts of different ways to grow it and uh, getting more, <laughs> figuring out ways to get uh, more and more in in the garden. It's funny, too, uh, that I was working in the garden. I went in the tool shed, and I found, like, 200 bulbs of garlic, which I had hung there <laughs> during the summer to <laughs> to cure, and I forgot all about it, and so... We were running out of garlic, but no worries now. Okay, uh, thanks great. very much. Thanks Thank very so much, much for your call. And I, I just wanted to say, uh, after the next break, Mrs. Know-It-All has got a, uh, some great information for us. She's going to be talking about poisonous plants and pets. And so that is a, an important topic, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what she has to say about that. Any other callers, Rob? We are waiting some callers right now at 866-391-1020. So let's talk houseplants and how to care for them. Lots of cool varieties these days that, hey, all of our sponsors, right? Yeah, that, that, that's a perfect uh, segue, Rob, because 
first off, houseplants have become a big deal again. Uh, and it's not just, you know, back in the 70s, houseplants were a big deal, but they were kind of all green, you know. It was, it, it, But now there's all these different colors of, of the, you know, of your standard varieties of plants that you love, philodendron, and especially philodendrons. Boy, there are, there's one I grow called Prince of Orange. Uh, there are some lime green ones. There's just There's all sorts of really cool looking a chinese evergreen has this like red uh variegated foliage all sorts of cool colors and and flowering plants and as i said house plants have become a huge deal uh again and i know that most of the nurseries uh you know especially ones that that close after after christmas are going to be trying to get rid of those house plants and so you know me mr cheapskate you can go there and uh, clean up a little bit. Uh, that's the same. I see nurseries still have bulbs too. So um, if you're so inclined, run in there and get them at half price. But when it comes to house plants, and I talked a lot about this when I was delivering these the, the herbs to the high rises, and we still have 600 more plants from Bidwell Training Center, Drew Matheson Greenhouse, to deliver uh, the next two weeks. That's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, but it's so much fun. But keep all house plants on the dry side the, the the way they get killed and this is this is everywhere from orchids to spider plants the thing that kills them is too much kindness uh, too much water and of course this time of the year there's no fertilization the days aren't long enough for the plant to really use the nutrients and so i do not fertilize my house plants anything growing inside until we get at least to halfway through February when we have longer days and the, the, the plants are, are ready to, to explode. They, they know it's spring, even though it's indoor spring, uh, they're ready to go. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about are, are two other plants that we grow indoors that people always have questions about, and it's amaryllis and paperwhites. Now, we'll start with paperwhites because that's a 50-50 thing. You either love them or hate them. You know, they have a very strong fragrance. I happen to love them. My wife, not so much. Uh, so uh, I only plant a few. But just like the amaryllis, paper whites can be made to rebloom. And so we treat both of these bulbs the same way if we want them to rebloom. And right now, you know, we plant them for the holidays. We get the flowers. It looks great. But when the flowers are done, we leave the foliage but we remove the flower stalks. This is on either an amaryllis or a paperweight, same thing. And then we just grow it all winter long and you know, through the summer as a house plant. At the end of the summer, in August, depending on whenever you want to do it, you know, it, it's hard to get them to time to, to bloom again for the holidays. I, you know, every year I have I get a new bunch of paperweights and amaryllis too, and so they're blooming all sorts of other crazy times, you know. And so when we get to that end of the summer, we just let them go dormant. We stop all watering, all fertilization, and just let that foliage turn brown. That, that, that is what feeds the bulb. That, the bulbs of the paperweight and the amaryllis both need to have that energy to be able to bloom again. And so we keep them in that dormant period for ah, six, eight weeks, and then bring them back. Start watering them, and hopefully you'll get more blooms. I've been able to get my paper whites, which, you know, this is something new for me. I only learned about paper whites by accident. I was always taught that when when you're done with paper whites, which are like an indoor daffodil, 
uh, just a little white one. And I was always taught when they were done, they had to go to the compost pile. Well, I just, you know, I, I when they were done, I put the pots into my unheated greenhouse, and they were kind of under a bench, and they completely dried out, went dormant. And then it was at the end of the season when things got cool, and, you know, it's a it's an old uh, leaky greenhouse <laughs> built sometime in the 60s or 70s, single-pane glass. When the water got onto those paper whites, they started sprouting again and blooming, and I was like, oh, man, this is great. Most people do it with an amaryllis, but you could do the same thing with the, the paper whites. And I just encourage you to, to, you know, paper whites are a buck, buck fifty a piece. You know, get a nice amaryllis bulb. Get some paper whites. It's just fun to have some flowers inside uh, during the winter. Uh, let's see. What else should we talk about today? Oh, the birds, the birds. I wanted to talk a little bit about the birds and, you know, as we talked with Steve about trying to help the pollinators, as gardeners, we should also be trying to help the birds because when we're feeding the birds now, they are setting up what we call a foraging route. And so they will, they'll come to an evergreen, and then they'll look around, they'll come down to the bird feeder, and then back there, and they'll, they'll just keep you, you, if you If you have a bird feeder, just sit outside one day, one, one nice day this week, and you'll watch where that foraging route is. And the beautiful thing about it is, yeah, you're helping them out. You get to see the birds right now. But when it comes to the spring and when they need uh, meat, meaning bugs, to feed those babies, they are going to hunt in the garden and hunt on that foraging route for bugs. Uh, there's some research that shows that just a pair of chickadees need like 3,000 caterpillars to, to feed their young uh, from when they're born all the way until they fledge. And so feed the birds now, and they will help you. Just like when we help the pollinators, they will help us garden. We help the birds, they'll help us garden too. All right, ready for a break? Uh, ready for a break. Coming back, Mrs. Know-It-All. Don't forget, after the news at 8 with Rob Taylor, it's the Coons cooking our holiday baking and holiday desserts. Kitty K.A. Uh, yes, she is, and that's that time again, right, Doug? That's right. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All, horticulturalist Denise Schreiber is here to tell us all about poisonous plants and pets. Very important topic, Mrs. Know-It-All. Well, you know, this time of year, you know, we get floral arrangements sent plants, you know, from, you know, maybe a relative that lives out of town and can't be there. But we have to think about our pets and actually small children, too, because, you know they're they're into everything as well, but the one thing people always think is poisonous and it's not are poinsettias. They are not poisonous. They do have a milky sap that comes out if you break a stem or whatever, but they're not poisonous. Eh, they're sticky, is what it is actually. And even if your pet does take a bite out of it, you know that sticky sap repels them right away. So it's not you know poisonous. We don't have to worry about it. But, you know, there's other plants. Jerusalem cherry is poisonous. One of our favorite plants this time of year, the amaryllis. The leaves, the flower is all very poisonous to our pets. So if you have one growing, you know, put it somewhere where they can't get to, like a windowsill or a table that's high. Um, there's calanchoe. There's cyclamen. You know, that's kind of the plant that gets us not only through the holidays, but through the dark days of early, late winter. And then you have um, mistletoe. And 
it's always encouraged now when you get um, an arrangement that has mistletoe in it to use plastic. I know people don't want to use plastic, but you really don't want to have those berries in the house because they are extremely poisonous. And then, of course, you know, one of the things that we worry about, um, or not worry about actually, are holly berries. You know, we get them in arrangements. They are very poisonous. So if you're harvesting some hollies to put in an arrangement or you get one, take the berries off because they are poisonous to everybody. And, you know, puppies and kittens especially are more susceptible because their internal systems are just not developed as much as, say, an adult pet. And sometimes with some of these plants, it only takes a few bites or so to, you know, cause problems. Now, the ASPCA... I wanted to ask you as... As a cat lover, how do you how do you manage the cats with plants? Is, is just not having any of those plants? Like, what if somebody gives you an amaryllis? You know, and you... I have amaryllis. And I just have it up out of the way. Um, I don't grow uh, cow and coe or cyclamen mainly because they really kind of like warm uh, warm temperatures or cool temperatures. And I keep my house pretty warm. You know, I'm, I'm a creature. I, w- I want to be warm. But the ASPCA has a poison control center for pets. And so the number is 1-888-426-4435. And you can call them anytime in case you think your pet has eaten a plant, is acting weird, sick, you know, vomiting, anything like that. Um, and get them, and if you, for some reason, it's that severe, take them to the nearest uh, veterinary hospital. There's a couple of emergency centers here in Pittsburgh. There's one in the North Hills. There's one in the South Hills. And get your pet in there as soon as possible. And take a sample of what you think they ate so that the vet can identify what they were snacking on. Oh, good thinking. Uh, real quick, have you started planning for next year yet, or are you taking it easy Oh, you're you know what? I've been so busy that I'm going to start my baking today is what I'm actually going to do. <laughs> I have decided, though, for my garden uh, next year, I'm going to let half of it go fallow because I had a lot of disease from all the rain that we had this year. So I'm going to let half of it go fallow and, you know, let it renew itself. And then the following year, I'm going to do the same there. But you know, I always try something new every year in the garden. You know, whether it's new tomato or new flower. You know, but I always have beets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mrs. Noah. I know you get to sleep in the next two Sundays, so you have a very merry Christmas and a, and, and a great and merry holiday, Christmas okay? to everybody. Thank you. All right, thanks, Denise. Uh, I am answering questions after the show, as always. Just go to DougOster.com. As I said earlier in today's program, now you can send me a picture if you would like to, if you've got a question. Today, Santa Claus will be at Han Nursery in Ross from 1 to 4, and Santa is giving out free garlic while it lasts. That's for planting or eating. Some really cool tomato seeds, 3945 tomato seeds found on the battlefield of World War II a bunch of garden books, and maybe even some other garden swag if you want it. Uh, Check out the website. Lots of cool videos there, bulb planting. And remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, Doug, thanks. Stay with us. News at 8 with Rob Taylor, and then holiday baking and holiday desserts. Joan Frank, then TC, KDKA. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.